What's going on, Badger fans? We need to ask some questions about this basketball team. Talk about it a little bit. How shook are we? Is this just noise in a long season, or is this the start of a potential slide? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Locked On Badgers. Thank you for making this your first Listen every single day. Really, really do appreciate it. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers commit $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. All right, let's talk about it. So I'm always excited to bring on people who I find really sharp and whose opinions I think make us all smarter. That's definitely Kendrick Stubris. Um, Scotty Six Pack Podcast, great content dropping over there all the time. Badger Notes, he's all over the map and does great stuff. Um, Kendrick. I was actually going to have you on. We were going to do this before the uh, the Michigan game and talk about how shook are we. And then I think fortuitously we had to reschedule it. And I think these storylines are even more apt now. I just want to start there, man. Three game law lo- or three game losing streak coming off that incredible Michigan State game. We dropped three in a row. How shook are you right now? So I think the the, the shook factor has to relay back to this general um, general feeling that certain college basketball teams fall into during the season that at certain times you're going to take losses that you shouldn't, right? Wisconsin took a loss at Nebraska that it shouldn't have. Unfortunately, Wisconsin took that loss right before it played a game that it should have lost then, right? You don't want to play games where you should win, but you do lose, and then play games right after where you are supposed to lose. Wisconsin had the unfortunate circumstance of having that sequence in playing at Nebraska and losing and then playing home against Purdue. And now you stack on that additional Michigan loss. It just makes things look worse than it necessarily should. You sometimes have these weird losses in a college basketball season. They come at odd times it makes things worse than they necessarily look i'm not feeling that bad about this wisconsin basketball season right now but the sequencing of everything makes things look pretty rough at at the moment yeah i think that's actually a really good point that i haven't seen a lot it's it really is that sequencing and i would argue you kind of mentioned that that nebraska games again we should have won i would even argue that it's really just the way we lost it that that has mm. kind of tipped the red flag, right? Because I, I actually kind of thought we would lose that game going into it. Nebraska's tough at home. It, it just felt like That's a game we dropped. And if we had just dropped that in a normal sense, like we didn't have a lights out first half and they didn't have a lights out second half. So I'm actually not that shook either because I look at it as two losses that I can understand and then one bad loss. That Listen, the Michigan game's a bad loss. Uh, mm-hmm. A bad loss happens to every team in college basketball just about every year. So I'm not that shook either. um, Surprisingly. Yeah. I, I I think that the one thing fans of this Wisconsin Badgers team have to remember, right. Is one of the best things. Look, I I'm a real college basketball sicko. I have a university of Texas, Rio Grande Valley hat on right now. Right. Not, not out of trying to make a point by any means, like out of a, I love college basketball as, as a whole hog. I, I got a, Western athletic conference team hat on right now, because I I love college basketball as a whole in the sport. One of the best things about it is that 
teams can kind of lose to almost any team one through 362 at any time during the year. You don't want to lose to any team one through 362, but it can, it can happen. Um, so taking a, a quote unquote bad loss to a quad two team on, on the road, Nebraska, Michigan feels really rough. It can, you know, derail the season in the sense that unfortunately this Wisconsin team doesn't have the chance to win the big 10 regular season title that I, I think we would have really all loved to see it win earlier this year, but has most everything else in front of it. Um, and if, if you take out the, that big 10 regular season title from the rest of it, it's just a weird college basketball loss that you expect from pretty much any team, any single year. Now let's ask this then. So I think you and I are kind of on, we're at least in the same book on this one. Maybe not the exact same page, but we're on the same book. Um, but I do think there's probably some questions that have either been in our head or have come up in this three game mm-hmm. too, right? That I think are legitimate reasons that yeah, I don't really like. Like I, I'm mostly okay with this, but that seems kind of off. I want to start with Stephen Crawl. I know that's something you talked about on your podcast, your show. Um, listen, you're on a five game sample size here where you scored more than ten points the last five games one time, mm-hmm. and included in that mix is four out of those five games where he has had seven rebounds or less, right? Mm-hmm. Like so you're you're on kind of a, a stretch here. It's not just like if he played bad against Zach Eady and Purdue, which that was a tough game with foul trouble. Like you're okay. It's Zach Eady. It's Purdue. This is kind of starting to become a thing. And that's a problem because we talked about going into the season. What's the biggest problem on this team? It's depth up behind Stephen Crowell. So if he's not playing well, he's getting in foul trouble. Um, I I don't have a great answer for it. I do want to put this comment up and we're going to get into comments. And I want to see what you, you're thinking here. This is from um, Wayne Meyer. Um, talking a little bit about some of the touches Krell's getting where he's six, seven, eight feet behind, like out mm. in the lane. That's tough for Steven Krell to dribble down four or five seconds and when you know he's going to get doubled and he's not the quickest passer out of that. Um, do you see a, a path here to get Krell back on track or what do you see as the biggest issue here? I think Steven Crowell has had to play, you know, a, a tough, tough game against Purdue where he's, he's going to be outmatched against Zach Eady. If you add in the fact that he had a rough game against Nebraska beforehand, and then a game where he got in foul trouble really early against Michigan into it, you have some Stephen Crowell games that just come at an unfortunate time from a matchup standpoint, and then to a situational standpoint on top of it. Um, Stephen Crowell has always kind of struggled against these more stout centers, these more muscular centers. And I think that Michigan's Terrace Reed really, really do um, come, come into that mold more than almost anybody else. Um, I think the unfortunate part is that Rutgers Christian Amori coming up this Saturday kind of fits that mold better than maybe anybody else in the big 10 outside of Zach Eady does. But Stephen Crowell, who had, you know, four fouls against Purdue, two of them, which I think the point I go back to again and again is that two of the fouls, two of the four fouls that Stephen Crowell had against Purdue were not committed against Zach Eady. I would have much preferred if he was going to have four fouls, foul himself, you know, out of the game a little bit early. All four of those being against Zach Eady would have been a much preferable situation rather than two against Zach Eady, two against Fletcher Lawyer. Um, 
would have been better. And then, you know, two against, um, or, or sorry, four in the Michigan game, you know, getting his third with 17 minutes, 17 and a half minutes against uh, left into the second half, more than 11 and a half minutes left in regulation for his fourth foul against Michigan kind of left the Wisconsin front court in a tough situation where they have some depth of the wing with Connor Asijin, with John Blackwell, but at the front court, they don't have a ton outside of tr a, a true freshman in, no in Nolan winter. Um, if Steve McCrowell is going to be fouling himself out early by taking a large volume of fouls earlier on in the game, that's going to put this Wisconsin team at a disadvantage. Um, I pointed out on my show, like, like you kind of said, Stephen Crowell has had ha, played 19 minutes in the game against Michigan. He had only played that 19 minute mark or fewer in two games since December 19th or sorry, since December 8th of 2021. Wisconsin likes to play through the paint. They like to play through Stephen Crowell. They like to play through Tyler wall. And if Crowell is fouling himself early, and getting himself into foul trouble early, it's going to create real problems for this team. And if Crowell can't get himself on track against this really stout Rutgers defense on Saturday, it's going to present real problems for this Badgers team. You know, the augmenting factor here is to me, the type of people that get Stephen Crowell in foul trouble are also the type of people no one winter can't handle right now either. Yeah. So like you look, your backup that comes in is going to be in the same type of pickle. We saw that against Michigan, like winter had yeah. moments where he physically just, he, it's not even his fault, man. He's just not ready for that. Yeah, ab absolutely not. It's not. And it, it is just the fact that Wisconsin is lining up these tall, but not necessarily stout, not necessarily extra muscular centers that the, these Badgers forwards aren't built to deal with right now. Uh, I, I think about the, the putback dunk um, Zach Eady had over Nolan Winter on Sunday. I think about the kind of head fake, uh, then then turnaround dunk by Terrace Reed on Wednesday against Michigan that really fooled Nolan Winter. Th those are hard enough to deal with just from a youth standpoint. It's even harder to deal with when those guys got you know 20, 30 pounds on you. It, yeah. It's it's a tough situation in college basketball when the you know, type of athlete when the physical com uh, composure of the athletes you're going up against just differs so much on a week to week, game to game basis. Yep, not 100% agree. All right, we got to take a quick break. We're going to come back with Kendrick. Uh, I want to talk about John Blackwell. I want to talk about the bench. I want to talk about AJ Store. I also want to see if there's anything else from these last three games that have kind of popped up in your mind. Talk about Stephen Crowell, anything else that you're like, ugh. Not really sure about that. We're going to do that next on Locked On Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over on FanDuel. FanDuel remains the number one source for all your sports needs and information. Everything you need for any type of sports book. That's where we go. We go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On. New customers get a great offer. $5 bet. Win or lose, you get $150 back in bonus bets. Use that. Do it responsibly. I always say that. Please do it responsibly. But have fun with it. Enjoy it. Um, use that to get some Badger swag. Put some money on the Badgers-Rutgers game coming up or the Super Bowl or NBA, whatever it is. Uh, listen, Bucks picking up Patrick Beverly. I think that's kind of a nice addition. Perimeter defense, a little toughness, um, a little bit of an edge. Now, I don't like the dude, but he's the type of guy you kind of like him if he's on your team, right? That 
that is absolutely that guy. So if you want to put something on the NBA, the Bucks, uh, certainly FanDuel is a great place to do it. Easy to use, simple. The payouts are fast. FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on for our offer. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, let's get Kedrick back on here. Uh, Kedrick, I do want to start here, man. Where can people find your work? I know show, better notes, everything going on in your life. Where can people follow you? Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, you can follow me on the website, formerly known as Twitter, at Kedrick Stumbris, spelled how it sounds. Uh, I host a six-day-a-week podcast, Scani Six Pack, um, and of course, at Badger Notes, where I know you've had several of our of our staff writers on the show. Um, Badger Notes doing great work. Dylan Graff, the the commander in chief over there, doing doing excellent work, keeping us up on all, all things Badgers all all the time. Absolutely. Great, great talents over there. And I, I always try to get as, I mean, if I could have you guys on every day, I would, I, I, I don't want to be the neighbor that's always knocking and asking for like sugar. Um, which sometimes <laughs> like. uh, let, I want to go here, man. Well, actually I want to kick it over to you. So I talked about corrals, like one of the big things that are that's sticking out to me that I'm a little worried about legitimately. Um, anything else from this specifically this recent slide where you're looking at it and you're like, I don't like how that looks. Oof. Um, I think foul trouble has to be the biggest, biggest one, right? Um, th that I think of, because I think that's one of the biggest ways that he's been kept out of the game over the last three. Of of course, that you know, note that he and Tyler Wall combined for seven shots mm -hmm. from the field in the game against Nebraska is concerning. But if you look at the way Tyler Wall responded in the game against Purdue, I think Tyler Wall kind of kind of took that performance to heart and, and responded in one of the games that I think of as uh, frankly in, in a loss one of Tyler Wall's be best performances in his career against Purdue yeah. he, he played really really well I mean like six offensive rebounds in, in a game where you're going up against Zach Eady I think says all you need to know about Tyler Wall's performance in that game um he played pretty solid in that game against Michigan as well but Stephen Crowell in the meantime has gotten into real foul trouble in both of those games um, and has presented a real issue for Wisconsin trying to keep up in the meanwhile, that I think is the the biggest question for, for Stephen Crowell there. Uh, obviously he didn't have the greatest offensive game against Nebraska, didn't have the greatest offensive game against Michigan, but did okay in Purdue in his limited minutes, but he he's having his minutes limited by his, you know, inability to stay on the floor. If he can stay on the floor, I think this Wisconsin team stands a much better chance in these games against tough Big Ten competition. So I have a bunch of things I want to talk to, but I want to kick it to you. What's another storyline here with this Badger team coming off this three-game uh, kind of slide that is really interesting to you? Ooh, I think one of the most interesting things is the Chucky Hepburn of it all, mm -hmm. right? He's having his worst three-point shooting, shooting season of his career, but had an okay night on Wednesday against Michigan. He got up double-digit shots from the floor. That was only the second time since November that he's gotten up double-digit shots from the floor this season, uh, which says a lot about his adaptation to the role as a you know, facilitator first player versus a score first player, but is saying maybe he's finding a path to, you know, meet, meeting the middle ground between those two roles. It really looks like in his game against Michigan that he was 
going into that game with a mission of creating some shots for himself. He had like this really great and one drive to the basket that I think about in that game against Michigan that I think said a lot about his ability to score in that game. Most of the buckets that he got in this game were off of driving to the basket himself, which I think will create more opportunities for other players on the floor in that game. I think that's one of the biggest things I think about uh, off of this three game losing streak is you had a Chucky Hepburn who was not taking a lot of shots earlier in the season was not taking a lot of shots against uh, Purdue in particular, but then comes out of this game against Michigan, taking many more shots, looking a lot better. And then the second storyline that I think about is AJ store. I asked Greg guard in a post game presser back in December about AJ store shot selection and Greg guards answer to that, you know, was, was a little long winded, but the very first sentence out of his mouth was AJ store is learning what a good shot is. I think he's maybe still trying to learn. Um, and I think with AJ store, you take a little bit of good with the bad. Uh, of mm-hmm. course, he shot something like seven to 14, uh, in that Michigan game for, for 20 points. And I think you kind of take that, right? There, there is something that this Wisconsin team was missing last season in a core that is mostly the same that it has this season, but was missing an AJ store who was unafraid to go out and, and put the ball to the hoop. Um, now that Wisconsin has that this season, I think it is unfair maybe to criticize every bad shape or sorry, every bad shot that AJ store takes, but he needs to take better shots, you know, maybe, maybe reduce two or three of the bad shots that he takes per game. But some of these bad shots, I think you kind of have to take with the chance that he makes some of the bad shots. And if he's going to do, you know, some of that from time to time, it is something that this Wisconsin basketball team is going to be uh, better for. And Wisconsin, despite their, but despite their poor performance in some aspects in the second half against Michigan, they had scored Michigan by 16 points in the paint in the second half. Mm-hmm. They, 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 you know, gave up some, some of the paint in the first half by dribble penetration in particular against Michigan, but really cleaned that up in the second half. So if AJ store is going to be willing to go to the rack and, and maybe you have to settle for some of these, um, mid-range jump shots that he likes to take. I think you kind of just have to take those with the tough shots that he's going to make alongside these tough shots that he's going to miss. And I think you combine those two things together with the Chucky Hepburn, maybe coming into his own here with the AJ store. You kind of just take the good with the bad of, I think that might just be the AJ store experience. I think that maybe tells us more of the story of the, Wisconsin basketball season this year, then I think just a poor three game skid that Stephen Crowell has had these past three games that I think have kind of come through unlucky, you know, foul trouble circumstances. Yeah. I, I like the, the, the phrase you use the AJ store experience. Cause I bought a ticket on that and I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy about it still. Uh, <laughs> I love the AJ store talk. I think we could do a whole show on AJ store because oh yeah, 
I, you know, I, I, I look at the last three games, right. And he has, he shot 50% against Nebraska, 11 of 22. Then he had a, a really poor game against Purdue. He's four fifteen, and then seven of 14 against uh, Michigan. Right. And you look at a guy, if you, if you pull those numbers apart a little bit, you look at a guy who shot 50% in two big 10 road games mm-hmm. in this street, like on volume, right? Like, yeah, fourteen do, shots is a lot of volume. Yeah, like twenty two is a ton of shots. People don't do that. People don't yeah. go on the road in the Big Ten and put two road games back to back. Like, and yet it's almost like if you just box score watch, you'd think in your head, Badger fans would think, "Oh, this guy's a lottery pick." And then when you see the discourse of people seeing him, they're like, "Ah, gosh, I don't know." I honestly think there's far more good than bad with Storm. I think the bad shots stick out because they're kind of really obvious. Like that last turnover against Michigan sticks out because it's really obvious. But then you go back to the box score and you see a guy, he got to the the free throw line five, six times. He's putting pressure on the rim, right? He only had three turnovers against Michigan, scored 20 points. Like you're not in the game without AJ Storr. I mean, you're not in the game against Nebraska without AJ Storr. So I, I agree with your bigger point of you just, I think you take the good with the bad. And I think the good outweighs the bad. And the other point I'd make with Storr He's kind of, to some degree, like he's, I don't want to make excuses for him, but he's a, he's a sophomore wing scorer. Yeah. What do people expect when you pass him the ball in the wing? Right. Like, yeah, I think there's more of, if you don't want him getting 22 shots, well then the other pieces need to shoot more and do a little bit more offensively. So he doesn't have to get 22 shots. Yeah. I, and I think that you made an excellent point earlier this week on your show, which is maybe AJ store didn't have the best coaching his freshman year at, at St. John's right. Where Greg guard for, for as long as the season has gone on, right. Is he has said when answering questions about AJ store that he treats some of these transfers in as freshmen in his program. He said, he said the same about Kamari McGee for as long as he has been in the program. And I think it is interesting and, and notable that, Greg Gard has had the same point about Kamari McGee, who is coming from the Horizon League and UW Green Bay. And the same answer about AJ Store, who is coming from the Big East and St. John's. Mm-hmm. I think that says a lot about maybe the quality of coaching that AJ Store had for one year at St. John's, where that coach is no longer there, where now. Uh, AJ store is getting more of an opportunity to learn behind a Greg guard, a veteran led Wisconsin Badgers basketball team about, you know, getting good shots up about playing solid defense um, that allows him to really develop into the player that he could be, which is frankly, when you really look at AJ store and how he plays across a full 40 minutes, potentially an NBA player. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a lot of AJ store to be unlocked. So th- that's exactly why I think you take the good with the bad with him. Um, and is why I think it is totally fair to, to view him as a high variance player in this offense. That is one of the most efficient in college basketball this season. Yeah, that's well said for one of the most efficient offenses in college basketball, your high volume score has to be pretty good, right? Yeah. You're not going to have the offense you have if, if that's not the case. Um, yeah. All right, we're going to take one more quick break. Come back, talk about the bench, John Blackwell, and then take a couple of your comments. I'm going to keep keep Kendrick, Kendrick as long as I can possibly keep him. Um, we'll see how late we can go on this one. 
But thank you so much for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. Again, always, always thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for helping us build this amazing community. The Badger community is incredible. And I really do appreciate it. So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, just everything you guys do. All right. Uh, I want to start, come back, Edric, and just talk, really talk about the bench. Um, Kamar McGee got hurt. It feels like, to, it's that's such a weird one to me because it feels like that's a bigger deal than it should be. It is kind of how, I, it shouldn't have thrown this off that much in my opinion, but it feels like it has. So I think Kamari McGee has been one of the unsung heroes of this team. I'm, I'm looking over outside of my camera because if you look at Chucky Hepburn's minutes in the game against Nebraska, Chucky Hepburn played 41 minutes against Nebraska. And he typically plays, you know, something like a 38, 37 minute mark. And 41 minutes then when you have uh, so something like an extra five minutes of game time, he's basically playing the same amount of minutes that he would play in a 40 minute game, but then adding the five extra minutes onto his mark in this overtime game against Nebraska. I think a lot of this is, a downstream effect of not having Kamari McGee in the lineup, right? You you can't necessarily trust a, a former walk-on in Isaac Lindsay, who has shown some propensity to play at the point in times during this, this season and past seasons. Um, Wisconsin has shown kind of a, an unwillingness to put uh, Connor Asijan in, in some of these lineups from time to time, which I think you can say is good or say is bad. Uh, I think it kind of depends on your personal preference. I, I don't think Connor Asijan had the best outing against Michigan. For example, he was, he was minus 11 in that game, but maybe you want Connor Asijan to get more, more minutes across the season to give him more of a chance to play a little bit better and give Max Klesmet the ability to play better minutes at the lead guard position. Um, I really do think that the Kamari McGee injury is having more downstream effects this season for Wisconsin basketball than most, you know, non Wisconsin fans would tend to think that it, it, it is otherwise having, um, it, it is one of those unsung heroes of the team where he, he's not putting up a ton of points not a ton of minutes but the ability for him to come in and play in real solid defensive minutes is not something that i think that anybody else has the ability to come in and replicate off of the bench at the lead guard position for, for wisconsin this season no he gives you defensive quickness like i was i've been yeah. very impressed with mcgee uh but here's where i push back a little bit and again i preface this with i'm not in practices obviously i i don't know the, the inner working to the team i'm not smartly great guard but to me and I, I want to say this without being any tough, but Kamara McGee can't be the reason to me Chucky Ephraim plays 41 minutes. Like, yeah. And I don't know if that's a stubbornness thing. Like, I just, like, uh, this is where I struggle because I'm not in practices. I, maybe there's a reason for this, and I'm sure there is, but I I have a hard time believing you can't slide Klesman over to the one, play Connor a little bit more, play Blackwell a little bit more, and buy a few more minutes for Chucky Hepburn. And I don't so, think that's realistic, but... The only, the only pushback I would have on that is... Look at the Michigan game. Connor Rasijan was minus 11 in that game. I think about a sequence where Rasijan was protecting the perimeter on Namari Burnett mm -hmm. and left Burnett to go double team a player along with Tyler Wall. 
I remember the sequence. Yes. The player beats out the double team, kicks the ball back up to Namari Burnett, and Burnett buries an open three. Yep. You go you go to the other side of the floor in, in this same sequence, you know, 30 seconds later, and Connor Rasijan turns the ball over trying to get it to the baseline on Chubb Blackwell. There is something to be said for as fun as it is to watch Connor Rasijan play. He He's not in excellently polished player and, mm-hmm. and still has his, his downfalls. And that's why he finished that game against Michigan with a, a minus 11 plus minus. And I think that we, we can say this Wisconsin basketball team is not, you know, struggling just because Kamari McGee is out of the lineup. There, there are certainly other reasons, right? We've talked about Stephen Crowell for a long portion of the show and his maybe underperformance as a big reason for that too. But I, I think it is something to be said for the overall um, maybe dissatisfaction we have with the depth at the lead guard position um, that has been exposed by a Kamari McGee injury o- overall that, that has led to this spot where we, we are left with some you know, questionable minutes in the backcourt for Wisconsin. Well, two things I would add to that, and listen, that's a, that's a very good point. I remember that sequence. Like Connor is still going to have issues defensively. Like he's never mm-hmm. going to be the guy that Hepburn, Klesman, those, those players are, or that Kamar McGee is. Quite frankly, to our point, um, it, it, to me, it could also be a Klesman Blackwell store wall lineup. Like I, I think there's options there. I guess is what I'm saying, but I, I I do hear you. Like I think sometimes Connor fans are so eager to see him shoot that they don't see at times some of the breakdowns, some of the issues. Mm-hmm. My question with you on Connor, I was I was having this thought the other game. It does feel like at times he's he's in a bit of a no-win situation. And listen, some of that's on him, right? Got hurt early in the year. Defense hasn't been good enough. But it also feels like as soon as he's out there, he knows he has to shoot almost. Some of those mm-hmm. three things are tough. Those are not easy shots. But I feel like he has to shoot those because he knows that's his sliver of time. And I think that's difficult. That's a lot to put on a sophomore. I, I do totally agree with you. Right, because in the Purdue game, he was 0-4 from three. In the Michigan game, he was 0 of two from three. So over the course of the last two games, he's 0 of six. And coming into those last two games, I would have said, let's get Connor Asijan more run in the second half. Because when he does get into the game, he is usually coming in for a set play where the shot is going to him. And he typically buries it, um, buries it in the case where he has a tough shot with the defender right in his face and is still able to do it. Um, but as I think the the situation has become more clear with him, where he's coming in for an ATO or in uh, last, last season, for example, uh, and, and Greg Gard has said in in pressers this season, right, where the film is out on him. They know that he's going to go and shoot the three, which means that there are going to be defenders more ready to defend him on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. And th- that has led to you know tougher situations for him. And it has led to the good with the bad. Um I think maybe unfortunately, the these last, you know, uh, over the course of the past second half of last season and then through this season the situation just hasn't fared well for him where I, I think that he could be a really 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 solid piece if he weren't faced with the 
position of having to be the go-to off-the-bench starter all the time for this team, for example. And maybe John Blackwell also is that. But you put that in, into perspective of a young kid who doesn't necessarily have the um, built-in body mass to, to drive to the hoop. I think he has some of that in his game. But if he doesn't have that inherently in his game, it, it is a much harder position for him to be in when defenders know to key him key in on him in the perimeter. Yeah. And I think it's it it's it's been very hard for him to find that rhythm, right? And a lot of that people point that at guard. It's a lot of it's not on guard. He was hurt to start the year, like he got banged up right away. Yeah. Right away. Emerged. Like there's been a lot of other factors here, but you can tell like it just hasn't fully clicked in him. And that stinks because he could be a major weapon for really any team if 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 he had that rhythm and they found that right role. I want to finish here, um, and I've already kept you for – I try to keep you about 30 minutes. I already kept you longer than I'm supposed to. Um, but I do want to finish here with a comment I thought I had on Hepburn. And I, I'm curious what you think on this going forward. To me, it feels like Hepburn is almost predetermining a little bit. Like there were some shots in the Michigan mm. game where he drove in and it's a tough baseline, kind of mid-range, and he took it. It's like a fadeaway. And it felt like he, like a quarterback taking his first read, right? Mm. It feels like he hasn't found – for whatever reason, he's lost his rhythm a little bit. And instead of reading the game, which he can definitely do, he's a great point guard. It feels like he's come up the court almost predetermining. I'm going to shoot it or I'm going to pass it. I'm curious if you see any of that with him. Well, Ryan, always happy to be here with you as long as you'll keep me. But I I, I do see some of that with Chuck Hepburn, but I also don't hate it, right? I, I think at a certain point, you need a point guard to say, one of these possessions, I, I'm going to take the ball to the hoop. And I think one of the criticisms you have there of being like, all right, I'm going to take a fadeaway here if I'm Chucky Hepburn um, isn't the best. But I think at certain points in time, you, you need to threaten of, I'm just going to keep the ball no matter what happens. If I have a double team closing in on me, I'm going to go and get as close to the rim as I possibly can. Uh, I think it's something dangerous for a, a point guard to have in his bag and, and say to to the defense that I'm going to take it as close to the rim as, you, as I can and threaten the defense to saying, all right, you need to either collapse in on me or leave a defender or sorry, leave a defender off of the wing for me to kick it out to right. And leave that kind of ambiguous for the point guard uh, to, to make that play to. So I think that Chucky Hepburn did against Michigan leave maybe some of that on the table for him to kick out to other shooters. But it was one of the first games that I think we've seen all season that Chucky Hepburn has really, really, really dedicated himself to saying, I'm going to go and try to create for myself. And we're going to need a game in there for Chucky Hepburn to say, I'm going to go and create some for myself for him to find that that sweet spot of creating for himself or creating for others um for him to f find exactly what that you know sweet spot is for, for me to come back to my my own comments there um because if he isn't able to explore that side of you know shooting himself taking the ball for himself he's not going to be able to find exactly what it is there and, and i think fortunately for this wisconsin team they, they have some wiggle room 
where they're they're comfortably in the NCAA tournament. I think right now they're comfortably at a, at a top four seed, um, unless they take you know a, a couple of other really unexpected losses. Um, so Chucky Hepburn has a little bit more free free roam to to go ahead and and to find that space for himself. Um, and, and if he's able to find that sweet spot, I, I think this Wisconsin basketball team is going to be really dangerous come March. Yeah, and, and for the record, I, I love aggressive Chucky. I just need it to get to the point yeah. where it's aggressive Chucky, but we're also creating for others because there's there's a dearth of that on this team. There's not a lot of people that can create for others outside of maybe Wall. Maybe Wall's your second Klesman. I don't know. Um, so you I mean, definitely- I think Stephen. I think Stephen Crowell is really good at that too, right? That's like fair. he's he's really good That's at playing fair. off of the double team. Um, and I think in aggressive Chucky is. For, for as much as we've talked about this season, right, we as the general Wisconsin Badgers commentary have talked about Ch- Chucky Hepburn being an excellent shot creator for other people. The times which Chucky Hepburn is the best shot creator is when he is being aggressive himself because when he is aggressive himself, it allows defenders to collapse on him and lead to other shots that would not otherwise be open without an aggressive Chucky Hepburn. So I I think a, a Stephen Crowell is also an aggressive shot creator. I think a lot of the players on this team are are shot creators for for the other members of this Wisconsin basketball team. And if Chucky Hepburn is able to be more aggressive, like I said earlier, he he has only had um, one other game this season outside of Nebraska and Michigan, where he has put up double digit shot attempts. If he is able to put up, you know, or even threaten double digit shot attempts in, in big 10 games going forward, um, it's going to put another layer to the, this Wisconsin offense, which is already top 10 in adjusted efficiency, according to Ken Palm, that I think could really, really make this Wisconsin team a threat in, in the big 10 tournament in uh, the first and even second weekends of March. I love it, man. As always, Gedrick Stumbris making us smarter. Uh, really do appreciate the perspective, man. Definitely go check out his work. As we have his Twitter account right here. Talked about the podcast, Scotty Six Pack. So definitely go check out what he's doing also on Badger Notes. Thank you so, so much, man. I do appreciate it as always um, on Wisconsin.